Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back, Redheads, to another episode of the Redheads Book Club. It is your May episode. It's a little late, not gonna lie, but it feels so good to have all the Redheads back, ready to read. Hey, Snitch, how you doing? I'm doing good. It feels like it's been forever. It's been about five weeks. No, but like longer than like the four weeks plus a week would feel. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. I do know what you mean. Bex, how are you, Dern? I'm Dern great. It honestly feels like it's been 17 months since we last recorded. I missed you, girl. I feel like we did it last time, like in the dead of winter, and now it's like summer. Totally I think agree. that's what it is. Summer. 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 Dana, how are you doing? I'm great. I would like to update everyone that my Invisalign treatment's over. Thank Yay. you for being with me through this journey. It everyone is a momentous moment for the redheads. Are you going to miss it? Like, what are you going to talk about? What are you going to do at the dinner table when you, like, take it out? So it's kind of a good, like, transition for me because I'm still supposed to technically wear them for three more months and then switch to nighttime only, which I'm sure nobody else does. But, like... To ease it because I don't like change. I'm going to try my hardest to do that. So you'll still be wearing Invisalign. So your Invisalign is actually not over for another three (laughs) months. But I have the permanent retainer in. I don't have any of the attachments. Like when I take it off, I am fully done. I'm glad that we have one full quarter left with your Invisalign. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Now we're in Q4. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. I wanted to do another Q. They were like, you're done. (laughs) Nothing has changed with you. Just one more Q. (laughs) Good to know. And how's everyone's month of reading been? What did everyone think like lightly about this book? Good vibes, bad vibes. How are we feeling going into this? episode I have a feeling everyone's gonna rip me to shreds for this one like I just feel it in my bones but I'm just here to say that I fucking loved it and this is a book that I needed and we needed we haven't had a book like this in so fucking long okay Snatcher we will get to it okay I'm just preparing but generally speaking how did everyone feel you know I'm excited to get to it because I think we're gonna have some thoughtful feedback some vibrant conversations exactly it was definitely a snitch's choice. But you know what? Detransition Baby was definitely a me choice. And it's nice that you go after me because we kind of need that contrast. That's mm-hmm. called balance. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling really inspired by you ladies because for my next choice, I'm going with a very Jackie choice. Like usually I go with a book that I wouldn't choose for myself, but that I would choose for a book club. This time, I'm the next step on my reading list is Good. what I'm choosing. Because I want you guys to like go with me. But this is not about me just yet. <laughs> we need to talk about the book. The book this month after a really big sort of kerfuffle with the book that Snitch had announced that wasn't available anywhere. Which by the way, like is that even, a, who even knew that was a thing? Crazy. Never, never seen that before. 
Um, but the book we wound up reading was Twice in a Blue Moon by Christina Lauren. The story is about a girl. She starts out as a girl. Actually, she's 18, so she's a woman, young woman, named Tate, who has led a very mysterious life up until her 18th birthday, very secluded, private. What is she about? Who knows? Turns out her dad's a favorite mo- famous movie star, and he sort of like abandoned her when she was younger. Did he abandon her? Did her mom take her away? Sort of both. She meets a man young man in London named Sam who she just falls head over heels in love with off of that OTP meant to be she tells him for the first time her whole story because she totally trusts him and is just feeling so comfortable the London vibes the queen sickening um they didn't like go see the queen so like that was they actually saw the change of the guard that's cool okay fine you're right you're right respect so she's feeling so good about life like the future she's an adult and then um Sam one day is no longer at the hotel and then the paparazzi are there Tate Johnson Tate Butler Tate Butler Tate Butler <laughs> like where have you been drama flash forward 14 years that whole incident propelled her career where now she has like a huge movie star career similar to her dad they are on better terms but it seems a lot better than it is to the public like in private they're actually on pretty shitty terms she's about to film the most important movie of her life on a ranch it's going to be like a very camp ground vibe you know many weeks secluded at the camp with her dad and just everyone together and turns out that the writer of the script that she loves so dearly is the man from London Sam and she is just like freaking the fuck out and grappling with all of her feelings finds out like why he betrayed her so long ago and has to deal with whether or not she can forgive him it was his reason good enough and so that's really the book spoiler alert she forgives him she ends up with him um and let's get into it. Overall thoughts on the book. Did we like it? Snitch, let's start with you as it was a snitch's choice. Okay. I very much enjoyed this book. I just, this this is my genre. Like, I'm sorry, you can't blame me. Like, I love this shit. I eat this shit for dinner. Like, <laughs> it's what I love. And the only thing I will say is that I wasn't, I hated the ending just because like, we're hearing so much about how this movie is amazing and it's going to get nominations and all the shit and then we don't know if it even gets an Oscar or an Emmy, a Golden Globe. I'll yeah. set it for that. So that was kind of annoying. It was so abrupt, the ending. But besides that, I really enjoyed the book. Like I, when I wasn't reading it, I really wanted to finish it. Like I just wanted to know what happens even though like you obviously like knew what was going to happen. Um, but I loved it and that's what I'll say. Good. Let's go to Bex next. I love how you support what you believe in. Thank you. I will say that I, I enjoyed knowing that I had it to pick up. So I think that that is a testament of a decent book, like Mm -hmm. knowing, looking forward to picking her back up. It didn't track for me. It was just a little bit light and like kind of unbelievable. I felt like the ending was so abrupt based on how much time we spent in the camp and also in London. Like I was confused at times about like people's thought processes, for example, I initially thought that, like, Sam ratted Tate out to get her to, like, believe in her dreams and, like, embark on her true passion. Otherwise, she would never do it. But, like, then we find out that it's, like, a totally different reason. And I'm just, like, what is happening here? Like, there is so much unsaid. And, like, then we, like, find these emails that, like, say so much. I was, like, can someone tell me (laughs) what is going on? No, like, right when she put the emails in her delete folder I was like read them like this is it's like sex in the city the movie yeah. like yeah. yeah just read the emails so often while everything was unfolding I was like oh my god you guys like just talk to each other just like say how you feel we're adults like you're in your 30s lady like speak yeah mm-hmm. so it was okay it was it was okay did you like it better than bright side yes 
I think so. Okay. But Honestly, she was very bright sidey, just like affable. Everybody falls in love with her upon meeting her. Beautiful, stunning, smart. Like I actually was thinking like Sam Brandis. I actually had this thought. He would have, if he met Kate in London, he would have fallen in love with her too. Kate, Tate. Yeah, huh. literally. Um, my thoughts on the book were that it was definitely like a snitchy light fair, which I've been reading such heavy books recently that I actually it was a welcome change to like read a book where like I read for a little bit all of a sudden I'm at 40% like where it goes by quickly and like I'm in the story quickly and it's just like not that suspenseful so that part was enjoyable because it's been a while for me I would say my biggest dislike my biggest critique of the book was that I thought Tate was a really like unlikable like not developed character she wasn't even unlikable because there wasn't much to like or dislike she didn't have a lot of agency she didn't have interesting thoughts no sense of humor like really didn't barely made decisions just like went from like she's caught she was like so in shock that she was always just like pushed out into the world and it's like you could have taken the step at any point Mm -hmm. like things just got so boiled up that eventually like you had a little push so I just felt like she was not a protagonist worth rooting for I don't get I didn't give a shit like what wound up happening and every time (laughs) she kind of had like a shitty she did a shitty job on set I'm like good (laughs) um so those are my thoughts but overall I enjoyed it I didn't dread reading it and it was super snitchy and it it was nice to just like read a different vibe which is why I love the redheads book club because you're always going to get a different vibe for sure I thought Tate was a dumbass (laughs) (laughs) I agree with like a lot of what you all said namely that I too looked forward to reading this book I enjoyed it, especially after a long series of heavy books. It was a welcome respite. Respite? Respite. Respite. And what I hated about it was how predictable it was. Like, yeah. oh, you didn't realize this movie was based on the fucking grandparents that Duh. he told you exactly the same story as the script is written? Like, that drove me crazy. I actually did kind of have the thought, even if it was a little more of a stretch, that he did it to sell her out to get the money for his grandpa. Me too. I actually thought that. And like, why did you think he was married if he wasn't wearing a wedding ring and you didn't ask? Like, that drove me crazy. Yeah. I reread this statement of what he said on the phone so many times. I'm sorry, like twice. (laughs) And he didn't say, I love you. Like, he didn't say anything also, he left it. Duh, he wasn't married. It was always going to be the case because, like, they just didn't elaborate enough on it, and you knew that was going to be the twist. But every like twist and aha moment was so predictable. Like the reader discovered it pages and pages. I didn't even pages like look at it as a twist. I was like, yeah, obviously that's what happens the, next. The <laughs> only part that like when they when things were so good at like 80 percent, I was like, okay, there's going to be one more dip low before a happy ending. So I didn't know what it was going to be, and it was the dad like exposing the story, which was just like so fucking shitty. I. Hate hated the dad so much yeah, yeah. he was trash he was yeah. trash he was he really was so okay we have a range of opinions here yeah and I think we could get into the questions I mean they're not Are you okay I'm just like thinking about how fucking weird some of these moments in the book were like Ian Butler being the one to like rat his daughter out like he, I equated him with like Leo DiCaprio status mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> could you ever see Leo like groveling for like any uh, additional ounce no. of fame like no once you get to a point you're just like leave me yeah, the hell like, alone like I equated him with like Jeff Bridges like Jeff Bridges doesn't call the paparazzi no. and no. leak some salacious shit about I agree that that isn't congruous with like real A-list like they don't get they don't play in the mud like that no yeah all they want is just a moment of peace and quiet you don't bring the pops to your beautiful yeah. camp retreat yes yeah I totally agree okay well let's get into the questions they 
are not that deep, but you know, you we'll, we'll get to the heart of the you matter here. This episode of the Redheads Book Club is brought to you by Prose. Prose creates customized hair care products for people, not hair types. You'll never have to compromise on healthy hair goals because every product's formula is made with you in mind. Their freshly made to order products are designed to transform with you through seasonal and lifestyle changes. Prose creates custom shampoo and conditioners based on your personal hair analysis and their algorithm. Their online quiz dives into every conceivable factor that affects your hair health. I took the online quiz and got my custom shampoo and conditioner and literally the questions are so in-depth like down to like what city do you live in so that they know what environmental factors impact your hair. I got my shampoo and conditioner. They smell amazing and they make my hair so clean, so shiny. It's an amazing brand and Redheads, you can get yours with our 15% offer. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash book. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash book for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Also, it is so apt that it's called Pros and it's a book club. So there's no one size fits all when it comes to shampoo and conditioner and Pros has got you covered on all fronts. Now for the questions. First up. Do the characters in this book seem real and believable? Can you relate to their predicaments? To what extent do they remind you of some of yourself or someone that you know? Well, none of us are actresses as much as we like to pretend we are. So I would say not at all. I would say that Tate reminded me of Snitch the most. Why? Just kidding. No, um, Tate did not seem real and believable. She was not developed enough as a person. Um, Tate at 18 versus Tate at 32 really no change whatsoever no evolution now you can make the argument that sometimes people get frozen at the age that they that they become yep. famous so she stayed 18 for so long but that generally refers to child stars and I think the mm -hmm. book was very intentional about her being 18 when the story broke because she is an adult she's fallen in love like she should be a better formed person. well I think that she, I don't know if she was frozen at the time that she was made famous I think she was frozen at like after what happened to her like she was frozen in time from that it was like so she was traumatic like she was never able to grow up from after that she seems so shallow to me it was also a little ridiculous like her number one dream that she confided in Sam was to be an actress and oh what a coincidence <laughs> her dad was the number one movie star in Hollywood it's like if that's actually your number one passion in life maybe step out of the shadows earlier well I think that that was only really her passion because of her dad no but it's like it's probably genetic you know yeah like it wasn't like she was wanted to be an actress and then found out her dad was Ian Butler like she knew her dad was Ian Butler and then she's like oh acting hmm. and then all of a sudden it became an interest no but I think I mean it's a nature over nurture question mm -hmm. truly we should watch three identical strangers together next <laughs> but I think that it was like in her DNA like this love of the theater it's possible Sam I related to more just like that theme is very repeatable across literature of boy wants to be a writer but is stuck doing the family business for monetary reasons it's honestly like Addie LaRue like she wanted to break out of the farm and she did and yeah. like he wants to break out well I feel like Sam had the perfect situation because he loved the farm life he had this like steady life set up for himself where he could also work on his passions like really what more could you want totally it's like he has like he's like an influencer like has his side job like writing and then like he has his farm as well and a dual income right writes one thing Oscar nominated. Yeah. Yeah, once so again. Also, like his only personality trait was like that he was tall. Yes. And like, like big yes. or whatever. Like, I didn't even yes. know what she meant by that. Like when Charlie like, muscular. Was like, the writer's cute. He's really tall. <laughs> like, oh, I wonder if it's going to be Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. 
Truly. <laughs> Honestly, like I had no idea it was gonna be. <laughs> I did not pick up on it what? at all. Okay, I knew. Sam- I thought that she was gonna be in this movie, be a ginormous star, and he no. was not gonna be knocking as soon down her as Charlie door. Charlie was like, the writer is really tall. Oh no! For me, I thought that maybe he. Um, owned this farm that like he was a, a oh, farmer like this was the farm in vermont no like that he left vermont and started a farm in california yeah. and they oh, were working on his too. farm i knew he was gonna be on the set somewhere i also wanted nick and tate to like fall in love i was she I was, was so fucking distracted that wouldn't have been fair to nick he was such a catch he deserves someone's 100 mm-hmm. percent attention mm-hmm. not like yeah. the scraps that tate had to give him yeah, well, yeah. i honestly thought that tate was more developed as an 18 year old than she was as a 35 year old <laughs> yes yes because at 18 she was 100 percent competent 18 and so at 32 she was like 18 competent she was 18 percent 32 <laughs> 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 or i don't know what the math is um also one other thing that bothered me about tate oh what bothered me about tate was that she was incapable of like answering an email a text message like even with sam's four emails she missed them all because she doesn't have a phone that she knows how to use she like is unreachable via email like i just i can't like you're 32 you're a millennial like you should be able to have a working phone especially when the writer of the movie that you're doing it's not just like random joe schmo like this is your colleague trying to get in touch with you like be accessible and then also that comes to bite her in the ass again when she doesn't bring her phone to lunch with her dad that's an hour away I just, I, I simply cannot. Oh, but you know also it all, on that point. You go. It also bites her in the ass when she, all she does is just wait for Sam to call her. Please just call me. Reach out to me after the blow up with like the salacious news hitting the desks and her life falling apart. She finally does get a voicemail or a, a message from Sam. And what does she do? She doesn't call him for seven full days. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. I yeah. thought it was unbelievable. I was like, what is wrong with like your communication style? Why are you so broken? Yeah. Because of her dad. No. It's always She's like, daddy mm-hmm. issues. Oh my I God. just like, it's not a personality trait. Daddy issues are not a personality trait. Wait, oh fuck. Now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> she was unreachable. But I think you were going to say, I, we FaceTimed about this when we were just like talking about her and you were gonna say like is Angelina Jolie on her email no oh that is true but also (laughs) that being said she has like Marco and I forgot the assistant's name like why don't and they check her email and she said that they put it in spam but why would you put something in spam with the subject line milkweed yeah I think it filters by sender and no she she said we put it in spam we thought we thought it was spam but he's the writer on the movie. Like, that's a be- assistant that needs to be fired. Yeah. The writer's yeah. trying to reach out to the star. <laughs> yeah, yeah literally. Comes. With milkweed in the fucking subject. Yeah. No, Snatcher. It's her fault. It wasn't yeah. like, hook up from London. Like, it was like, <laughs> mm, title of movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I'm on your same wavelength. This is ridiculous. Next question, which we've kind of already answered. How does Tate change, grow, or evolve throughout the course of the story? Or lack thereof. Yeah. No, she pretty much stays the same until eventually, like, she just... Her heart wins out over her mind. There was I guess. one moment actually that Tate was introspective that I admired. And it was when she was relaying the information to Charlie that Sam was back and this is who he is. And she actually kind of understands and has more clarity of why he did the things he did in London and sold her out. But like that doesn't eradicate years and years and years of her pent up anger. So like even though intellectually she understands now where he was coming from, like that doesn't just dissipate her emotions about it and she needs time to like process it. Yeah. And like that for Tate was a pretty big conclusion <laughs> to come her. to. Yes, but I feel like in 
what she said she's totally on point but the way that she acted like her and Sam needed to go to dinner like what have you been up to for the past 14 years like not just like jump back in bed yeah either stay away from me or like we're all of a sudden hot and heavy are gonna come to Christmas with my dad like what if what's new with you like there are ways to take steps and I feel like that's where she got at the end even though she's like what moving in with him on the farm because like the farm is the only place that ever felt like home she kept like saying this cabin is the first place that feels like home like I don't like LA besides the garden in London (laughs) (laughs) invite me to your home please I'm looking for a farm to sleep at They were just like subliminally like setting it up for like a perfectly happy ending. Not like, how is she going to leave LA? Like she, it's trash anyway. Um, Also, I kind of thought Sam was a little bit of a freak in London. Like they met and like day one, he was like, I specifically remember this. He was like, anything to make you smile. I'm like, you've known each other for one day. You're full strangers. Like your grandparents hang out and like you're saying anything to make you smile. I was like, this is just unbelievable. I Uh simply cannot. That's so funny. That reminds (laughs) me of this redhead comment. That's a question. But the reader said, usually a big fan of all snitches choices, but twice in the blue moon was just not it for me. Nothing of the sort. The character is the storyline, the cringe part in the beginning (laughs) where Sam carries tape from the garden of the hotel back to the room that she was sharing with her grandma. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) Or the next day when he's like, we were mostly sleeping in the garden to the grandma. Like everything was cringe. Yeah, and like the fact that they were with their grandparents and like also like fucking. And and also like just the idea that she she lost her virginity in a room she was sharing with her grandma. In the bed she was sharing sharing with her grandma. No, I think there were two beds. Okay, that makes no difference. It was awful. And then she's like, oh, but this is going to be the love of my life that I'll be hung up on forever in a day. Yeah. I simply can't. (sighs) No, I simply can't. I agree. How would you react in Tate's situation when she saw Sam on the trail? Like, she obviously was, like, shook to the motherfucking core, like, had to storm away. I thought her reaction actually was, like, pretty, like... Mm. Oh, I thought her reaction was absurd, ridiculous. (laughs) Are you kidding You're a grown woman. You can't keep it together. I would have been like, oh my God, wait, we knew each yeah, other. But like, you're so socially capable. Yeah, like, no, like, not everyone is like you. You're I would have blacked out emotionally and like ran to a corner and texted everyone I knew what just happened. But I, there's no service. 100%. Right. I don't think I would have run back to my cabin. I think I would have just like, like walked past and like walked through and just focused on the task at hand. Yeah, I can't believe that. No one would have addressed it head on. Actually, I probably would have made like a bad joke and been like freaking out inside and been like, oh, we used to fuck in a garden. (laughs) What if it said something wildly inappropriate? Oh, yeah, that is you. Yes. Potato's a (laughs) crybaby. What was unique about the setting of the book and how did it enhance or take away from the story? Okay, so just want to give everyone full disclosure, this book had obviously like no book club questions so like i'm using like generic book club questions that are like not specific to this book That's so funny you don't say there's not a book club about this well i mean a lot of books that have been out for a while like they're just questions like you can i can piece something together but for this i just use like standard book club questions what was unique about the setting of the book and how did it enhance or take away from the story i mean it's a good question actually because i feel like the settings were either like london mostly or the farm mostly and those are like fantastical like away from mainstream isolated and that kind of just complemented their romance which was like so rare unique one of a kind not mainstream so I, I, lo- I actually really liked the farm me camp too. setting like to me that's like goals and also the yes. fact that it was like I'll say something nice now it was like this Hollywood book of like glamorous actors like 
romance, fun, and set at a camp, like, it really was a, a very ideal setting for yes. a book for me. Sounds I fun. agree. Because it, it could have gone the, the route of gloss. What was that story? Yes, um, Cassidy Holmes. Yes, yes, yes. Cassidy, the unraveling of Cassidy Holmes were like, it felt similar in like their emergence into fame. Yeah. And then we saw the really glitzy, like wild side of LA and, and fame that in like through those lenses. And then this was a similar upbringing into the fame side of the world. But being in a campground was quite pleasant. It quite was like pleasant. I wanted to be there. It was so fun. Totally. Like, I feel like everyone there was just having fun. I wish we like knew more about like the other people. Yeah. And I'm sad. We had to find ourselves in one of those situation uh, films yeah totally i was sad for, i was sad for them when it ended um okay one last question before we get to the redhead questions let's talk about sam's decision to sell the story now knowing what we know that he did it to save luther's life he got an additional 10 years how do you feel about what he did i mean if i were sam i would do it again too yeah because like, do you think that he just obviously like 10 years for sure but he lost 14 with the love of his life do you think he keeps saying that that i would do it again just to like justify his decision to himself otherwise how could he live partly yeah yeah, yeah. but also, i do but think he actually means it too and i found it interesting that she responded kind of being like i was so in love with you that if you told me you wanted to do this i probably would have gone along with and it. i kind of agreed with that like why didn't he just say it he said yes. he panicked and like it was an impulse decision he it was not premeditated really like he was in the airport he was yeah. weighing his options the grandma was like you need to come home immediately and he just called he was like i was expecting like a call back in a few days and they called me back in three minutes like i had yeah. to decide then. yeah and i think that she would have done it for him because also in that chapter where everything comes to light and she's like sitting and then she's in the airport and she's freaking out there also i think it ends with her saying but like a part of her is like I'm happy. Here for it. It's just like there's a piece, like a twinkle that's like, let's go. Yeah, so like that twinkle is always there. And so. also when she was in the garden with him telling him her story, her real story about who she really is, she was referring to herself as Tate Butler. Like Tate Jones was the girl who like lived sequestered in Northern California and like Tate Butler was the girl who went to London. And like she became Tate Butler in London yes. too. So she already saw herself in that way. So again, he gave her the push that she needed. And I think she sees it that way too, but it was also a betrayal. Yes. It would have been interesting for him to just include her in the decision making and hindsight's twenty twenty. I also think but... it's why she forgave him so easily. Like she wasn't like that mad about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. No, he gave her a new life, sort of, that she was never gonna like have the audacity to choose for herself, it seemed. Yes, but it wasn't his decision to, to make. make. Totally agree. But like sometimes you need a little push in the general direction Agreed. of your life. Next up, we have the redhead questions. As always, our readers send us such great questions to talk about the book. Love hearing everyone's opinions. Do you think Tate will speak to Ian again? Yeah. Will they have Christmas together or will she never see him again? No, I think that they'll like see, I think that their relationship that it was prior will stay the same. I don't think that they're going to be together more or less. Like she's so like enwrapped, like just enraptured is that a word enamored like by him and like his like acceptance like I don't even think that this like matters she like wasn't even like that mad about it yeah that's the thing she didn't get mad like she just was like she's just like a piece of wood like yeah drifting down the river for the course like he disappoints her she expects more and then realizes she shouldn't and then forgives him I think it's just this will continue the cycle I agree but I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt and say like now that she is Sam and I assume that they're gonna you know start a family and that this is her new family and she has like her mom and her nana like 
she is no longer focused on fixing her old broken family. I think hopefully for her, she's focused on the future. And so Christmas doesn't mean that she has to be with her dad. Like now Sam is the dad and hopefully mm-hmm. that they have babies and yeah. they have a family, but like she can focus on her new family. Like it almost feel, feels like Sam and her being together solves her daddy issue sort of. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. But like she shouldn't spend Christmas with him. But like after everything went down and she realized what her dad had done for her to be like, Okay, cool. So let uh, let Althea know if uh, Christmas is a good day for you or something. I was like, are you kidding? Like, you can't even, you don't even have a backbone enough to be like, Dad, what are you doing? Like, yeah. not the move right now. You cannot just meddle with my life. And so it keeps you in the on the front page for 15 extra minutes. Like, just one time, please. And honestly, though, because of her constant need to please her dad, I feel almost similarly to as if Sam, if Sam had included her in his decision making, if the dad had come to her and been like, I want to break just to the press. I want you by my side. Like, this will be great for the movie. Maybe she would have kind of been on board and been like, okay, I want to get in front of it. Maybe we can like position the dialogue this way. I don't think she, like, she may not have 100% said no if he included her. A stretch, but like. I think she would have said no because also, it, this is a forever stain on their relationship. Oh, and then it's like if they ever break up, they're like, obviously they broke up. He sold her out. No, and she, towards the end, it seems like she has a plan. She's going to do things in her way, on her time, whatever. What was the plan? Like, what could actually, what could she do or say that would actually turn the tide of this narrative and not just like everyone thinking this is the guy who sold her out? Yeah. I don't know. Explain the Luther side, but it would still. Yeah, but like people don't have that long of an attention span. She would have to come up with some sort of lie and say that she was in on it with him. Like we sold this story so he could save his grandfather. I actually think that that would have done. But then she'd be lying. But But whatever. Whatever. She was lying this whole time. Yeah. During the story, what were your thoughts on Tate? I just did not find her likable at all. But more importantly, what did you think of her pouring her heart out to Sam? She reads his emails and they're so sweet and thought out. Then she has this whole inner monologue with it's always been him vibes. And when she sees him, she just lets him assume and doesn't take control and tell him how she feels. Were y'all as disappointed in that part as I was? I just felt let down and like her lack of words still made everything tie together perfectly. She did have a lack of words. Yeah, but she addressed it. She was like, Sam's the word guy. I need to see him in person and let him know. And I was like, okay, yeah, girl, go. And then she really didn't let him know. Made she a bad of, joke. Like, made a bad joke. Like, your dog. Like, and Your then, dog's name is Rick? And then they just kissed. I just have a feeling when these two, like, finally go on a date, they're going to have nothing to talk yes. about. Yes, yeah. 100%. <laughs> it's <laughs> crazy town. Like, I, that's what I want the sequel to be about. Like, how Tate and Sam's relationship fails. Yeah. <laughs> because she how to can't fail communicate. They don't have a good foundation. Mm. They really They certainly don't. do not. They've met each They've known each other for eight total days in their whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I need to know. What were your thought feelings about the ending? Did you find yourself rooting for Tate and Sam or against them? Did the ending of the book change the way that you feel? felt about the book you guys I like blocked out like two hours to finish the book and 15 minutes into that two hours I was like I'm done what how did this happen I was expecting I was in the middle of a book one minute and then I was at the end of the book minute two I was like how did I get here yeah yeah I agree this next reader says I thought the ending of the book was a little abrupt were you left you don't say were you left wondering with how what happened with Tate's dad how the movie was received how Tate and Sam's relationship turned out I just thought it was so unfair that we were like wrapped into milkweed and then like didn't get to see any like what happened with that we didn't get to see the movie I agree and also we didn't get to see like how she turns the PR around what she does how she gets back at her dad like there should have been it's not there just should a, happy have been a whole other fucking half of this book. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe a sequel. 
I'm good. <laughs> we Gucci. I'm good. Um, last question. My question for you all is at any point did you think that Tate would end up with Marco or that they had chemistry? He was not a main character and was gone for a lot of the book, but I thought that they had a better chance of being together before she and Sam got back together. Nah. Never even crossed my mind. It I like crossed my they... mind, but it seems like he's the only person who honestly knows and understands Tate. Like he was with her from like the minute the PR scandal went viral and was there ever since. yeah sometimes you just need a friend or a number yeah. of friends she actually had good friends which i think made up for her lack of romantic mm-hmm. relationships i like when he pulled her aside and was like fyi you did fine just now your dad's just super insecure and like don't let him get to you he was yeah. a real friend yeah and i liked how they did handled the acting like the script we would read the skip script and then afterwards like we'd find out if it went well or not i i actually feel like the way that they imp- like superimposed the movie into the book was well done yeah and it's a they because Christina Lauren is two people, the author. Do you guys know that? No, I didn't Whoa. know that. Two people named Christina and Lauren. Whoa. That's smart. It's a, they're a writing duo. They've written so many books. Oh, my God. That oh, is so cool. I will like not that. be reading more. Fun fact. <laughs> people love her, though. People love. Them? Them. Yeah. Them. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, you guys. Time for the moral of the story. What would you say it is? Money can't buy you class. That's pretty good. If you're Ian Butler. <laughs> That's pretty good. Dana? Mine was communication is key. Ooh, that's really good. Yeah. Love conquers all. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Mine, the ends justify the means. Okay. Yes. Okay. I love that. Love it. Okay, now it's time for the Hollywood treatment. We're just breezing through this book because, like we said, it was so light. <laughs> um, let's start with Tate. I'm going to go first because mine's a twofer. I saw Tate as Dakota Johnson and then the daddy and Butler as Don Johnson because I was trying to think of, like, act, father-daughter acting duos in that age range, and I actually think they would be perfect for the roles. I like that. I love that because I cannot stand Dakota Johnson. I know. I also think like Tate, Dakota, like they're like just like milky vibe, like milkweed vibes. Yeah. Like that's what they are. Milkweed. I'm changing mine right now to Kristen Stewart. Oh, I'm sorry. Which is the one from Twilight? Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Stewart. Oh, Kristen Stewart. I was thinking Kristen Bell for a second. I was like, no, she's good. Uh, no, Kristen Stewart because she's also extremely unlikable in my eyes. And we just love Twilight over here. Yeah. So like we... We like But her. I also feel like she lacks a personality mm-hmm. and much, like, a lot of decisiveness. Like, she just sort of exists and, like, makes a lot of facial movements. Yes, but that's like Bella. Not, She's not a, a lot of words. And I think that that could I think, be my Tate. I think that's really good. Thank you. Dana? Emma Roberts. Fuck! Oh! That was mine! Wow. Dana, have you ever had the same as someone no, else? No, this is a oh huge upgrade. Oh, my God! That's a really good one, too. And then the... the um, Ian is Eric Roberts, her dad, which if you look him up, you would know exactly who he is. He's an actor that no one knows his name. Her dad is an actor? Yeah, look him up. You'll know him, you'll I know him right away. I thought just Oh, okay. Yeah, he looks familiar. Who knew? Very well, cool. Snitch. That's wow. the first and last time that's ever going to happen. Yeah. Totally. Couldn't have picked fucking Billie Eilish? Now for <laughs> Sam. I had Liam Hemsworth. Just good, someone good like one. big and cute. Bex? Love that. I actually had Chris Pratt, someone big and cute. Love it. I had Jacob Elordi, someone big and cute. Yeah, a little young, but like, that's fine. 21-year-old <laughs> Sam. That, perfection. I had um, Sam Claflin from Me Before You. Okay, I don't know if he's big enough. But he can buff up. <laughs> oh, he'll buff up for the role you yeah. spoke to his people? Or, or honestly, like Sebastian Stan. Okay. I'm going to go with him. Okay. 
For Nick, I had Michael B. Jordan. Same. Amazing. If you guys watch Industry, I had David Johnson, who's Gus in Industry. He's not that well-known, but he was... I haven't watched that. Is it good? It's so good. I loved it. I had Michael Belling. No one here watches All-American, I'm sure, but he's Jordan Baker in All-American. He's fucking perfect for the role. Love it. Okay, and last casting, Charlie. I had Ashley Park from Emily in Paris. I think she's just like amazing. Oh, that's such a good one. I had Janelle Parrish, who is Margot into All the Boys. Yeah, I love before. And And Mona from Pretty Little Liars. And Mona Pretty Little Liars, but of course. I had Avril Lavigne. (laughs) What? She was like edgy and like a makeup artist. Yeah, no, she was those things. (laughs) Okay, bear with me. I had Vanessa Hudgens. Uh I feel like she like could play the role. I hear that. I was between her and Shay Mitchell. Okay, I hear that. I do. Okay, well, that is the Hollywood treatment. Now it is time for our overall rating. Um, Snitch, you go first, as this was a Snitch's choice. I'm going to give it a 3.7. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And honestly, this is one of the most fun redheads I've had in a while. So, like, take that into account, (laughs) ladies. Yeah, no, it's nice to have you back, like, Mm -hmm. and being excited about the book, like, that you enjoyed it does ring better for me. You know what? I'm going to be honest. When I rated this right after I read it on Goodreads, I gave it a 4. Me too. Because, like, I didn't hate it while I read it it's the having to like dissect it in a book club that really highlights all the inconsistencies for me I get that so I'm going to give it a 3.5 because um on the redhead scale that's what I think it is Bex I'm gonna give it a 2.9 and I was gonna give it a 2.5 but (laughs) the likability aspect of wanting to pick it back up I think added to it but I, I just could not fathom a three in front of the number. So I'm sorry. Snitch, I love you so it's much. It's okay. It's okay. Damn. I did a three flat. Okay. Three. Okay. The overall Redheads rating for Twice in a Blue Moon is a 3.275. I think that that's, that's fair. fair. I think that that is so fair. So I think so. That is our recap of this book. We hope you all enjoyed it. I'm sure everyone loved it so much. And they're going to be like, y'all are crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Forever. Like, have we had a Redhead a redheads, um, since the ranking came out? No. Before We Were Strangers was number one, bitches. Right. Mm. So the Snitch's choices are at the top leading the pack. And so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And before we get into everything else we read this month, I want to let you know that today's episode is also brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass is so sickening. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to cook from Gordon Ramsay. You can learn how to do makeup from Bobby Brown. You can take business lessons from Bob Iger. Like, you can become the best in class with Masterclass. They have over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors. That thing that you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Bex, you are in Masterclass. What do you think? What have you learned? Tell us everything. It's so exciting because I never thought that there would be a time in my life where I would have a Masterclass opportunity. And thanks to the Redheads promotion, I have been able to feast my eyes. There was a really interesting one one of uh, it was like a chef i forget what chef Ramsey? i know it was um i wa- i learned how to make like the perfect french omelet and it was inspiring and breakfast is on me ladies this oh, weekend can't wait. wow there. can't wait 
So Masterclass is just the best place to hone your craft, to learn a new skill, learn something new from the experts. It's amazing, the catalog that they have. We highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass. And as a Redhead listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash book. That's masterclass.com slash book for 15% off Masterclass. Such a great deal. Such a great platform. You will thank us. It was Thomas Keller. Thanks, Thomas Keller and Masterclass. Perfection. Okay, let's get into the other books we read this month. Snitch? Anything? I, nada. Literally forgot I had a Kindle until I remembered I had to read for the Redheads. You've been so busy. Yeah, no, I just simply I simply didn't have the time. No worries. But I would like to pick it back up soon. You, you know what? It comes in waves. Snitch. Yeah. Ride the waves. Yeah. Bex? I read American Dirt. <gasps> so and good. It was so good. It's by Janine Cummins, and I. It was so intense. It was incredibly heavy. Um, I like knew about kind of like some of the backlash associated with the book, um, so I just kind of just kept that in mind during my read. But it was a a really intense book, but eye opening and really interesting. I'm glad I read it. Would you rate it? I would rate it a four. Nice. nice. Yes. You would love it, Jackie. You should Strong. read it. I should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like everyone's always talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now it's coming from two redheads. Um, that's that's usually it for me. A. Dana. I read Rules of Civility by Amor Tolls. Absolutely loved it. I would rate it a 4.7. It's wow. the same author as A Gentleman in Moscow, which is very hot right now. So if you read that and liked it, I would absolutely recommend this one too. One of his older books. I read The Dreamers by Karen Walker. It was okay. I'd give it a 3.5. Had potential, but didn't 100% deliver. I read The Fourth Child by Jessica Winter. Liked that one too, 3.7. I read Luster by Raven Lelani, and I would give that a 3.4. Just mediocre. I I read Little Secrets by Jennifer Hillier. I absolutely hated it. Nobody read it. (laughs) I rated it it a 1.5. It's a DNR. It's a DNR. And lastly, I read The Push by Tori Peters. 4.9. Incredible book. I would recommend it to anybody and everyone. You should all be running to read The Push. Oh, my gosh. She wrote Detransition Baby. Tori Peters? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wait, whoa. (laughs) Are you sure? I don't know for sure. No, are you sure? She did write Detransition Baby, but are you sure that that's who wrote The Push? Oh, maybe I looked at the... Oh my god. The push is by Ashley Adrian. Adrian. (laughs) I with my eyes were glazing over at my Kindle when I was writing this. Okay. The push by Ashley Audrain. Yes. Sorry everybody for that mishap, but still read it. It was absolutely amazing. Amazing. Wow, you read a lot. How many books was that? Uh, it was one, two, three, four, five, six. But we were a week behind, so I had that extra week. That's That's true. (laughs) But I thought I thought that I read a lot this month, but okay. First, I read The Queen's Fortune by Alison Pataki, which was a decent book about an amazing true story. So the story is the reason why I gave it a four, but I did feel like at times it lagged. But it's um, the story of Desiree Clary, who was at one point engaged to Napoleon Bonaparte. And it goes on to tell the story of her life, which you think is just going to be like, oh, just a, a nice historical story. But the turn that it takes and the legacy that she leaves is incredible. So if you're interested in like a t- true story that you've never heard, The Queen's Fortune, Alison Pataki. Then I read <laughs> The Hunting Wives by May Cobb, which is a book that's kind of like everywhere right now. The cover is so cute. 
I felt like, in hindsight, I liked this book. I enjoyed my time with it. Just towards the end, like, the protagonist was pissing me off so much, making every wrong decision. Like, and it really, like, it boiled my blood. So I gave it a three because I was just, like, upset with her. Then I read I Was Anastasia by Ariel Lawhan, who wrote Codename Helene. Mm. And this book had been out for a while. It's the story of the woman who, for years, for her entire life, said that she was Anastasia Romanov, the one of the murdered um, descendants of Nicholas, the last czar of Russia. And I had just watched The Last Czar on Netflix. And then I wanted to read a book about Anastasia because apparently her story is like everywhere. So many people have said, like, I'm Anastasia Romanov, even though the whole royal family was killed and I love that it was by Ariel Lawhan so I was like perfect this is a match made in heaven um but I found that the book dragged and Ariel Lawhan like kind of was taking the side of the imposter so I was like that's a three for me (laughs) then I read then I read Truly Madly Guiltly by Leanne Moriarty our queen here at the Redheads we love love because I was on my way to my wellness retreat I had finished I, I was Anastasia on the plane so I had to read something that was already downloaded And I always have like a few books on the burner just in case I get stuck on an airplane with nothing to read. So I finally read this book and I wanted to read um, a Leanne Moriarty book for my retreat, but not Nine Perfect Strangers, which is about a wellness retreat. I was like, I just want something else by her. The book, like, I I don't know if I just had no time and I was so tired. It took me like nine days to read it, which is a lot for me and, and for a book that's not that deep. So I gave it a three. And then the last book that I read this month is The American Heiress by Daisy Goodwin, which I loved so much. I gave it a five. Daisy Goodwin also wrote a book about the young Victoria, which is what the show Victoria is based on. And actually, this book is a fictional book, The American Heiress, and it's sort of a retelling of a story that is true. And the true story is what we'll be reading for the next Redheads book. Wow, way to tee it up. I love that. Yes. So the book that we are reading is called American Duchess. Thank you, Lord. I thought she was going to make us read Jane Eyre and I was going (laughs) to pick that. It was going to be Jane Eyre if I chose a classic. But this is the next book on my reading list I was going to read anyway. And I kind of do want to take you all on this journey with me just to get all your perspectives. I'm so excited. I wanted to choose a story that's true. It is American Duchess, a novel of Consuelo Vanderbilt by Karen Harper. So it is the story of Consuelo Vanderbilt. And if it's anything like I think it's going to be, it's a true story, everyone. So I think it's going to be a great book. I'm really excited. Um, I'm I'm excited, excited. actually. It it sounds good. I I shared the description with Snitch, and she was excited, so that got me excited. And and I'm excited. I'm just, excitement excites me. I'm excited, too. It's not my usual, which I like. I think it's in the threes. Okay, not bad. So that's pretty doable. How much was... um, this one. What, what did we just it's read? It's 348. Twice in a Blue Moon. Twice in a Blue Moon. I, that had to be what? 250? 348. No, the one we just read. Twice in a Blue Moon. 358. That was 358? 358 and mine says 368 for American Duchess. Wait, that's crazy. I flew through that book. Right. So this will be great. American Duchess, first week, first Thursday in June, we'll be recapping. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. Jax, I can't believe how much you read and I can't believe this historical journey you've been on. I know. I'm loving the historical journey. Do you feel smarter? That was crazy. I feel so much smarter. No, like, you are 100% smarter. The fact that you're talking about Napoleon Bonaparte in like <laughs> everyday language. Yeah, no, it's just like, it's so crazy what's come before us, you guys, and how people never learn. Russian czars, I mean. That's the moral of the story. People never learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. History repeats. History repeats itself. So if you want to know what's going to happen next, just read a history read. book. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Thanks, Kizzity. Um, Okay, well, that's all she wrote and that's all she read. <laughs> and thank you guys so much for another great episode of the Redheads Book Club. I missed you, ladies. 
and we'll all be together this weekend so like we'll be seeing more of each other but to the redheads community thank you for bearing with us sorry that we were late and thanks as always for being a member of this community it is such a joy to be a part of such a Truly. joy and it's never too late tell him snitch it's never too late to be a redhead never but if you got to this far in the episode you, you already, already are. are one you're in on the secret hey <laughs> okay thanks, everybody we, we will see you next month bye bye bye, bye. bye.